You're listening to episode 181 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Well, hello there and welcome to episode 181 of the podcast. I'm Terry Fisher, and I am thrilled to be able to share with you this interview that I had with Scott Westwater, otherwise known as The Pragmatist. If you don't know Scott, Scott is the CCO of a company, Pragmatic Digital, which he runs with his wife, Susan, and they are leaders when it comes to uh, understanding strategy, marketing, and overall development of your voice skills. Scott was a voice fluencer on a recent episode of The Voice Den, and it was wonderful to hear him. It was clear how much he knows about this, how much of an expert he is uh, when it comes to the overall landscape and strategy in voice technology. So uh, I was so lucky to have him be a guest here on The Voice Fluencer Show. Uh, This is a recording of the live streaming show that I did with Scott, and if you are at all interested in voice, the status of the industry, strategy, marketing, uh, etc. This podcast episode is for you. So uh, without any further ado, let's get right to the show. This is Scott Westwater, the pragmatist on the Voice Lincer Show. Enjoy. Let's bring Scott on here. Hey, Scott, how is it going? Great. Thanks for having me, Terry. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you here. So uh, what I want to do is get into all the great stuff you're doing with the uh, voice tech space. But before we get to that, why don't I just get you to give a little intro to people that may not have met you before and tell us your your origin story, as, as Gary Vee likes to say. Um, well, it's funny because Gary Vee very much plays into my origin story with voice. Um, so my, my name is Scott Leswater. I'm the CCO of Pragmatic Digital. And I've been in technology and advertising my entire career. So it was really early on, um, I would say 1998, um, where I was working at my first agency and the web wasn't quite yet a super viable thing. Um, so any of those websites and interactive projects were like nights and weekends labor of love back then. Cause you know, no respectable client would pay for any of that kind of work. As a matter of fact, I actually had a creative director who said, don't worry about this internet thing. It's a fad, you know, just stick oh, wow. with print and you'll be good. And so I kind of went, okay, noted. But I did see at that point, you know, the the promise and the potential that, you know, the internet had. And quite frankly, I think we're at that same point right now with voice. So back in 2017, uh, Gary V was talking a lot about voice and you know, using Alexa and Google Assistant, things like that. And just by nature, I'm a curious person. So I started doing research and looking into what usage looked like and how many uh, devices were shipped and saw a pattern very similar to what I saw in the early days of the web. And even with mobile and social. And so I basically said, I let the last three big waves of technology and opportunity pass us by. I think this is the next big thing. We should really focus our efforts here and take all of our experience from the digital marketing side, web, UX, et cetera, and start to apply that thinking to voice. And that's really kind of how we got here. Awesome. And so although you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, somebody said to you at one point, web is a fad. So what's, mm-hmm. what's the answer to, uh, is voice a fad? How do you respond to that? I mean, it, it's as much of a fad as you want to make it. 
um, based <laughs> on the research that we did earlier in the year with Vixen Labs, the Voice Consumer Index, we know that 56-ish percent of Americans are using voice assistants right now. Um, and the cool thing about that is, generally speaking, it's without a lot of support from brands and businesses. Sure, hmm. Amazon and Google and Apple have invested a ton into their platforms. You know, they've certainly had really robust developer outreach um, initiatives. But when we talk about more traditional marketing and advertising activities, there's not a lot of brands that are actually putting content um, on those platforms or using voice in a meaningful way yet. So the fact that so many consumers are already adopting the technology, and I think it's something like 21% of those people, um, we're actually using it multiple times a day. And so from that research, and if you haven't checked out that research, I would highly recommend going over to Vixen Labs website and grabbing the, the white paper that Susan and I actually co-authored. Um, there's so much data in there that really suggests that it's not that voice is going to happen in the future. It's already happened. Business just hasn't caught up yet. So what's it going to take for businesses to catch up with it? Like, you know, what, what's what? So there's a gap there between people that are using there it is. and businesses that are not quite there yet. So can you, what are your thoughts on that? Why is there that gap and what is it going to take to bridge that gap? Honestly, I think it is, especially with the larger enterprise organizations, I think it's a prioritization. And I think there's other initiatives that they've prioritized above voice. Um, I've heard anecdotally um, from some larger CPG brands that they're probably not going to invest until 2023, 2024, mm -hmm. when they expect the market to be saturated and mature. Now, granted, that data point was before we saw the research results and before we knew so many people are using it. So I suspect that that's going to get some people's attention. And I definitely know that there's um, an uptick in conversations and they've become more mature, I guess. So it's less on the education and what voice is and why you need to do it. And it's now shifted into how is it going to impact my business? What areas should I focus in on? Um, is it retention? Is it acquisition? Is it awareness, like whatever their objectives are. So those conversations have certainly matured over the past, I'd say six months to a year. Um, so that's encouraging. Now, I think the big thing and something that was touched on um, last night in the uh, voice den was, you know, that frustration of it. Like it, it's a great technology. Why hasn't it happened yet? Mm -hmm. I think the big thing that we all need to really take stock of and really examine is if businesses aren't willing to invest, what can we do to build something and go directly to consumers? And so it's really, you know, getting more stuff out, creating more stuff. And it's not just Alexa skills or Google actions. It's looking at using voice in a meaningful way in all of your digital properties and getting customers more accustomed to using it and actually going, well, if I just use my voice, I can get just as good of an answer, if not a better answer, because I don't have to search for it. It's literally just ask my question, get my response, um, check a status of a shipment or something like that. Just quickly being able to find that information that can go on with my day. I think that's really where we need to start looking. And I know there's a lot of great creators in the community, but if we're going to wait for brands and businesses to like, you know, adopt this in mass, like they did in 2013, 2014 with mobile, I still think we're a little bit away from that. But the great thing is, you're going to be ahead of everyone if you're actually investing now. So if, if you're going to go that route, it's still very much, um, you know, education and use cases and things like that. But I think there's certainly no shortage of opportunity if you wanted to take the initiative to start building something yourself. Interesting. Oh, you touched on a lot there. 
one of the things that I that I, I find um, quite intriguing is the way that you say that the questions that you're getting have have become different. Do you find that you're doing less convincing of people that voice is the next big thing? And now that they're is there is there a better understanding of that now they are interested in more sort of the application of it? Or I don't know, what, what are the questions that you're getting? And how are you having those conversations when people first approach you? So it's definitely gone away from, I don't even know what the hell this voice thing you're talking about is. Is it voice right. acting? Is it voiceovers? Is mm. it, um, you know, IVRs? Like there's so many, like, especially in those early days, there was a lot of confusion over the term. I think generally what we're seeing is there is an awareness. And so people are, especially in the marketing community, people are aware that it exists. Um, there's still varying degrees of belief that it is the next big thing. Uh, within search or whatever. But I think you you definitely have seen that shift go from what are you even talking about, again, to how will this impact my business? Where can I use it right. right now in a meaningful way? Much like what Mark talked about, it's building for the now and for the future. We can't just go through and say, well, in five years, this is where it's going to be. They actually want to see an ROI six months after it launches. They wanted to actually see something where it's moving the needle for their business. And because of, you know, just a whole host of factors that are out of our control, there's still a lot of question marks. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think a lot of the larger consulting firms are actually um, super well-versed in it. So they're still talking more about chatbots and chat experiences. So I think um, generally speaking, there's still a lot of work to be done on just AI education in general, figuring mm -hmm. out where it can best benefit the business. And it could be something as simple as, you know, your, your CRM program and having AI help, you know, with subject lines and versions and things like that, um, all the way through prospecting and selling. There's a lot of those kinds of things, but really looking at voice and AI as how does this mean, how is this going to move the needle for our organization in a meaningful way? Sure. Sure. Um, I don't know if you saw this tweet by, um, Braden Reem, the CEO of VoiceFlow. Um, but he tweeted out and said, and this may have been a little while ago, but he said, it looks like by the end of the year, they're going to have 10 to 15 of the Fortune 100 companies using VoiceFlow, which is which is great from just, you know, when I think about that just at, at face value. But but the, the implication sure. of that, where we've got 10 to 15 companies now investing in voice in some way or another, does that surprise you? Or is that kind of the sense that those numbers, what, where, you're, where you think the market is at? Or I'd love to hear your comments on that. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So I just know from a lot of conversations that I can't really get into much of um, that there are a lot of initiatives going on at a lot of organizations, um, big and medium sized. Um, I think, so I'm not surprised, but I think the bigger challenge that we're seeing is a lot of it is still R&D. A lot of it's still mm -hmm. very experimental, um, not fully marketed support. Um, so like, you know, we're not driving traffic, we're not really, you know, getting the right people there. We're not iterating and evolving it, making it part of the business unit. Yet. It's still in a lot of cases treated as a separate silo and, a, all right, let's see what happens if we, you know, do this voice thing. So I'm not surprised that 10 or 15, um, large fortune 100s are investing. I think it would be really interesting to hear the, the names of all of the brands and mm. organizations that are actually investing. That would be um, interesting. Again, because of conversations I've had and just anecdotal conversations with other folks in the industry, a lot of the bigger players have initiatives. A lot of times they just haven't talked about it publicly. 
uh, they've got that, so that, yeah, I mean, they're, they're usually kind of on the forefront, at least, at least exploring what's going on with the technology. Yeah. So. And, and like point in case McDonald's. And so like McDonald's here in the States has actually done a pilot on an AI automated voice drive through system. And my town, actually the one that's less than a mile from my house, happens to be one of the ones that they put it in oh, wow. first to try it out. Huh. So we actually, I mean, very try early out. on when we when we heard it, it was there, we we're like, all right, let's go try it out. And it was definitely had some rough edges. And you huh. can definitely tell that they were trying things out. And at that point, there were still human interventions happening. Huh. Um, more recently, I think it was a couple months ago, we went back and it's gotten better, mm-hmm. but it's still... You know, probably not ready for prime time yet. Um, I know or Apple. I know um, McDonald's is actually working with IBM to scale and bring it out to more markets. So, again, I think there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of learning, which is great. I think we just need to, you know, get those initial organizations over the hump so it's more of a mass play, and so that they're really trying to solve their business challenges and, and their consumer needs. Um, and then, as more people start doing it, it's going to become second nature. It's like what Susan always says, early on in her career, she had to convince someone at a very well-known brand that you have to put the website on the packaging. And back then, she basically had to justify the internet and putting a URL on it because no one knew what a URL was. It's the same kind of thing with voice right now. We're still in a lot of the consumer education. We still have to let them know that it exists. We have to tell them why they want to use it and how it's going to make their lives easier. And so as more brands do that, we're going to start to see that halo effect. That's great. That's great. Um, I want to shift here a little bit and let's, uh, let's talk about you and, and, and Susan and what you guys are doing with your, with your company. Cause I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, and you've also done, I mean, you, I, I've known you now for a number of years through conferences and things, and I know that you do a ton of content and you've created, you know, you've written this right paper, you've got uh, one book out another book in the works and so on. So I'd love to give you an opportunity. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about, first of all, what, what does your company do? Um, how, you know, specifically, and if they, if people want to engage with you, um, you know, what are the kind of services that they can get from you? Obviously, clearly you're, you're an expert in, in what is going on with the market. Um, but go ahead. I'd love to just hear, hear your thoughts. Yeah. So we basically are a full service agency. Um, our sweet spot is really on the strategic upfront work. So what in a traditional website project would be considered discovery? So it's really figuring out what does your audience need? What are the business challenges and objectives? What are the KPIs and the goals that we're going to be measuring success against? and really establishing you know, what the rules of the road are for. So a lot of the work that we do defines a project. And so whether that's our own clients or we've also partnered with other agencies that have brought us in to do that type of strategic work, we're really setting up the project for success. So when you first get an engagement, it could be anything. And we like to go through and try to take that cone of uncertainty from like here and actually close it down. So you're actually much more likely to hit the mark on that first mm-hmm. go. And so, and then in addition to that, you know, we, we do the conversation design, we have development partners. And so it's really, however people want to engage with us, we're very flexible in that capacity. So it's more of a consulting approach than it is a traditional agency approach. So we've worked with big agencies, um, non-voice agencies, brands, et cetera. And it's really, like I said last night, trying to figure out where is the value of voice? How does it deliver business value and user value? So that they're able to get something out of it. The organization gets something out of it. Everyone wins. And then you build that trust and that affinity for your, your brand and that in, in interaction. 
And then as you add more features, people come back and have better success. So it's really trying to set the entire thing up for success instead of going, wouldn't it be cool? Or I've got this idea. I have no idea if anyone wants it. It's really trying to identify truly what the market wants now. So you're building for today and then, you know, scaling and evolving for tomorrow. That's great. That's great. And can you touch on your books as well? Because I, I've read the first book, the first book that's out there. I've learned, I learned a ton. In particular, I learned a lot about voice, SEO, and search uh, for, in, in that book, um, which is another whole, whole, whole topic on its own. Um, but yeah, why don't you tell us a little about your book? And also, if you want to sure. share, if you feel like to, to uh, share a little bit about the, the upcoming book as well. Yeah, so our first book was called Voice Strategy, uh, Building Useful and Usable Experiences. And it's really something that Susan and I never set out to write a book. Um, after many presentations and conference conversations and people are like, you know, you really should write a book. And we're like, no, we don't need to write a book. They're like, no, <laughs> you've got a lot of stuff up here that we need help documenting because obviously your time isn't scalable. And I just want to be able to read, you know, what your, your thought process is. And mm -hmm. so the first third of the book is really the opportunity that voice represents. Um, and then the last two thirds are our processes, techniques, uh, frameworks that we use with our own clients mm -hmm. to really help people understand how to figure out what content is appropriate in their voice experience and what might not be the right, the fit. So, um, so that's really what that first book was written to do. And it was also written for a business-minded audience. And so it was really for, you know, C-level marketing executives, CEOs, decision makers at organizations. They actually could have a working knowledge. They don't have to be practitioners, but they have to at least have a working knowledge so that they can actually either evaluate vendors or bring in partners or get those initiatives going. So that was really the goal of that book. Um, and then the second book that we're working on is actually in collaboration with Colleen Fahey and Larry Minsky, who are the uh, co-authors of Audio Branding, which is also another really well-known uh, book. And we're actually going to use a traditional publisher this time. Our first book was self-published. And um, that book is actually loosely titled Voice Marketing right now. And so it's going to be, you know, again, very similar um, in scope as far as Here's the audience that we're going after. It's those marketers. And we're trying to help them understand where voice fits within their marketing ecosystem. Um, making the case that it isn't just one part and it can actually be integrated into your mobile application, your website. Um, there's, you know, like you said, the search uh, component is a huge part of it and figuring out what that means from their content and their brand. And so in addition to that, we also have guest contributions and there's definitely people that you know um, that are contributing to the book. Um, and then we also have case studies. So what we're trying to do is create a very well-rounded uh, resource for the marketing community so that if they've not been exposed or even if they've been exposed a little bit to voice, they can start to really figure out where voice would fit for their organization. Um, so that's really the goal and the hope with that book. And we're basically... Uh, through our first draft, and we're we're basically doing editorial and refining it right now. Fantastic! I look forward to that. And when's that going to come out? Do you think roughly any any target dates? <sighs> roughly, probably end of twenty two, beginning of twenty three, is really okay. the area that we're looking at. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely a lot different when you're not self publishing and you can sure. just say, "Oh, I'm just gonna." This is the date we're going to do hit, and we're going to hit it. There's a lot of other things that go into it. <laughs> a lot of moving um, parts. So I think we'll be submitting uh, in late winter, early spring, and they're targeting the end of 22, beginning of 23 timeframe. 
That's fantastic. Oh, great, great. Well, Scott, this is this is fantastic. Um, thank you for uh, sharing some of your knowledge with us. I mean, anybody watching this, listening to this, clearly can hear that you've got, you really do have a pulse of sort of what's going on in the industry now, which is which is fantastic. Um, why don't we uh, give you a chance uh, finally just to share with the audience where they can get in touch with you, how they can get in touch with you, what are the best ways to to do so? Actually, I set up a Bitly link um, with all of my stuff, so you can find me in any way you want. Um, so it's bit.ly slash Scott Westwater and Scott has one T and that's got email, Twitter, LinkedIn, like however you want to find me. It's probably the easiest way to do it. Fantastic. All right, Scott. Well, that, that's amazing. Thank you again for taking some time with us. Really, really appreciate it. It's always, it's always a pleasure to, to catch up with you. And um, again, thank you for being on The Voice Den last night. It was wonderful. It was great to have your input there. Thank you for being part of The Voice Fluencer Show today. And uh, what can I say? I look forward to hopefully seeing you in person again sometime soon. I'm going to get up to one of these Someday, conferences. Right? Someday. It'll happen soon. It'll happen soon. It's been a while. It's been a while. Anyway, Scott, sure. and good luck with the new puppy. We saw the puppy make a surprise appearance yesterday, and that's great. So, Scott, thanks again. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, thanks for having me, Terry. All right. Well, there you go, huh? If you have any questions about strategy, marketing, uh, how you want to best leverage voice technology for your business, for your nonprofit, or just even for your hobby. I mean, Scott knows his stuff. So I encourage you to reach out to him and I'm sure he'd only be too delighted to, to help you out. All right. As always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. If, not, if you have not yet subscribed, I encourage you to do so so you don't miss any of the episodes. Also, if you uh, would like to, I'd love it if you would share this out to others that may benefit from this. That is the biggest... Uh, a compliment that I can receive. So thank you so much for doing that as well. Uh, stay tuned for the next uh, podcast as well as the next episode of The Voice Den, which is going to be happening on December 15th. You can save your free seat uh, for that at thevoiceden.com, thevoiceden.com, and you'll get to chat with a whole bunch of other leaders in the voice tech space. Until next time, talk to you soon. Be well.